Look, the biggest podcast where you can learn them lessons. Line for line where you can learn from different sections. Made it out the mud, come tell your story, blessings. Never know who listening, never know who's stressing. Divine gave you a voice, come speak your honest truth. Line for line, go ball for ball, it's up to you. Wanna talk sports, gov, and politics? Wanna talk about where you from and your accomplishments? The line for line is really where you need to be. A platform that's really made for folks like you and me. You can find it all no matter what you seek. Whether you calling or you listening, tune in every week. All right. We are in a very special episode of Line for Line. I have a very, very special Funny guest in the building today. Special. I have Nathan Tricky Allen in the building. Nathan, how are you today, sir? I'm hungover. I'm good. Yeah, man. Um, just tell me a little bit try, about you, try sir. Trying to fix it though. Yeah, I greatly appreciate the Blue Moon. This is one of my <laughs> favorite beers as well. So just give us a little bit about you, sir. Well, I'm not sponsored by Blue Moon. <laughs> I'm a magician. Um, I do card tricks and jokes, rated our magic shows for adult company parties, corporate events, comedy clubs, things like that. Yeah. That's that's me in a nutshell. Okay, <laughs> man, we're done. <laughs> how did you get started with comedy and magic? Like, how did you well, combine it? Well, I started off as a magician when I was a kid. I got interested in magic probably the same way that most people do. You know, magic kid or a book for your mm-hmm. birthday or whatever. And then when I was like twelve, I started doing actual shows, like for money. You know, for birthday parties around yeah. other neighborhood kids and. I remember my first show. I charged ten bucks and they gave me fifteen, and I'm like, oh, I'm rich. Yeah. Uh, but the next show. I charged 15 and they gave me 15 and cake. So it's just, it's just been a slow escalation. Uh, so I kept doing magic shows. Um, my show then was a lot different from what you saw last night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude, don't even get me started on last night. I totally did not expect all of that. You know, I came in like, what ready. were you expecting? So I came in, I was like, this is going to be like a 10 out of 10, you know? But then as I get there, I'm watching how you're interacting with the crowd as well. It was like a 20 out of 10 easily, you know? <laughs> that That's like, I feel like Appreciate that would be that, the hardest you. part right there is to engage with the crowd, you know? Because me, for instance, I think that I'm funny, you know? But I think if I got on stage, I would just like fall flat on my face. Cause Freeze you, up. Yeah, because yep. you have to get the crowd engaged as well too. And just how you came on the stage as well, like down from your entrance to like how you opened up. It was, it was just perfect perfect thank you thank yes you even much. your opening act even had me laughing as well too like yeah that was a great experience that was actually my first time being able to watch one of the guests that i'm having you know mm-hmm. at their profession as well too so i definitely want to say thank you for having me last night yeah yeah well that's yeah that, the interaction with the crowd and that kind of thing that's something you can only learn with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of shows mm-hmm. and that's kind of how the comedy thing happened because i found that around sometime like in my late teens early 20s I found that I was just starting to heckle myself during my serious magic show, you know, but I was just like blurting out things that like, I'm thinking somebody who's watching a magic show and is trying to make fun of the magic show would be saying in their head. Yeah. So I heckled, heckled myself and it just like, oh, I got to laugh. And I realized people are liking the shows better and better the more they laugh. Mm -hmm. The magic is fine. And it's great to watch a serious, um, amazing magic show. But if you can giggle your off at the same time. I mean, that's a, that's a combination that, um, that I really, that I really like. Yeah. Has there ever been a time where you were on stage and the crowd was not interacting how you expected them to, to react? Yep. Sometimes like, uh, the, the late show on a Friday, uh, sometimes they're just a little too drunk at, you know, 10 30, 11 o'clock mm-hmm. and they're just, oh man, where was I? It was recently, it was a, a show in I'm not going to say where, <laughs> but, uh, but it was like a, a showroom in a bar 
And I have never seen a more drunk crowd uh, during or after my show. After the show, I witnessed three different people fall down. No way. Yeah. Oh they, my they were God. that f***ed up. Can I say f***ed up on this? You, you can say it. You okay. got to, you got but, to but you'll bleep it, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> I'll save some editing time. Yeah. <laughs> censor myself. But one of those three people that fell down was sitting in a bar stool and fell out of the bar stool. While you were on stage? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, this okay. Is, this is after. afterwards okay. when I was just hanging out with the people. It was amazing. It, 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 I mean, I drank, obviously. You know, it's the middle of the afternoon and I brought beers. Yeah. But you know it's bad when I'm looking around at everybody going, I think I'm the most sober one here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been drinking since noon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How is it that one recovers from a, a stage like that where the crowd isn't reacting? How you? Oh, just a dead crowd. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, just well, it's usually not the crowd. It's usually the circumstances mm-hmm. of the performance. So the the sound could be bad. The lighting could be bad. Maybe they the ticket price was too low, and people either didn't show up because they assumed the show was going to suck. That's why free shows never work mm-hmm. for what I do. Even if the club owner just wants to eat it and give it to eat the, the cost of me and give it to his customers for free mm-hmm. as appreciation or whatever. It still almost never goes well because people see free or cheap show and they're like, I'm not going to waste my time, get a babysitter, go out mm-hmm. and be bored to death. So oddly enough, the higher the ticket prices go, usually the more and more people come in, mm-hmm. which is counterintuitive, but kind of neat. But how do you recover from a bad show? Just move on. Don't take it personally Yeah, and just do a, do a great show the next time. I greatly appreciate that because that was actually advice that I was asking for myself because there's times where I'll do a podcast, you know, and I, I feel like it wasn't like my best work, you know, mm-hmm. and me, I'm my my biggest cri- critic, mm-hmm. critic, you know, I'm my mm-hmm. biggest critic and I just get down on myself and I get in a slump and then I'm like, you get down on yourself. I, did, I, did you, re- did you remove your ribs? To... <laughs> I, get, I get a little bit no, sad. Marilyn Manson. <laughs> I get a little bit sad or depressed and I'm just like, man, I need to figure out my life, you know, cause that, that's, that's not me. You know, I'm better than that, you know? So yeah, but one episode or one live performance isn't life or death. And you gotta, you gotta remember that, you know, the next day people aren't going to give a shit. Anymore. Yeah. So magic, what, what is your favorite trick when it comes to magic? Maybe you can teach me or show the crowd at home. Maybe. Um, my favorite, I don't think I have one. That's like, uh, it's like asking who's your favorite kid. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good question. I, honestly, I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot of other performers I really enjoy watching. How does one learn magic? Because that's something that I always look at. I'm like, how does someone learn magic? You know, because this this tricks that you were doing on stage, I literally was ready to get out of my seat and say, how did he do that? But I don't, I don't <laughs> that would have been great. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't want to be the only one and people looking at me like, who is this guy? Get this guy out of here. You know? right. yeah. And you're probably the only black guy here too, right? I, actually, I looked around Man. and I was like, oh my God. They don't just yeah. yell at movies. <laughs> they yell at live shows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. I was. That would have yeah. been super great. Like, I would have enjoyed that. When you poured the water in the sack, like I, I was just sitting there baffled. I was like, "How did I saw stuff going into it?" But then I was like, "Or did you?" There's nothing in there. Like, oh my gosh, magic show. Oh my god! And then when you pulled the razors out of out of your mouth too, I was just like, "This guy has what it takes." This guy has. You, what you know what's takes. crazy? I give the razor blades back. Are they still? Oh, maybe they did leave. Oh. Oh yeah, let's see. Maybe a decade. I've seen the razor blades still there after I give them back to the audience member. Yeah, 
Usually, I don't know what people are thinking. They actually take them with them. In their real life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh my gosh. It, it must don't be, try this at home. I was going to say, it must be painful to learn that. It can be. I've made a couple of slip-ups. Oh, no. Yeah. Tongues heal really fast. Really fast, though. yeah, yeah, because of the flat. So that's one thing that I've I actually heard that like back in the day that people would put like razor blades under their tongue and everything like that too. So I'm pretty sure it's something along those lines. Is that just like emo kids that <laughs> do that? Or? <laughs> well, me, I first saw it in the movie when Tupac Shakur did it. You know, he like flicked the razor blade from under his tongue. Uh, I remember seeing that clip. What movie was that? That was ju- no, that was not Juice. Yes, that was Juice. Is that, that the one juice. with the uh, Janet Jackson machine? That one. Yeah. No, she wasn't in that one. It was either Juice or Above the Rim, one of the two. I think it was Above the Rim. Yeah, it was Above the Rim when he flicked the razor blade from under his tongue. And when I saw that, I was a kid. I was like, that's pretty bad. I wish I could learn how to do that. But me, I'm a wimp. I was like, I would never put yeah, a razor blade. Yeah, you probably don't want to. Yeah, I was like, I don't want to put a razor blade under my tongue. Especially as a kid. It was probably a prop razor blade, too. Yeah. Oh, like, was... Rubber or something. Now I'm just dumbfounded as well, too, now. See? Yeah. I use real razor blades. Tupac? Pff, what a... Oh my god, <laughs> that's so crazy! Even your opening act too, like bringing it back to that, like you you had everything down. He was quirky. Yeah. yeah, I liked him. And like I said, Famous. with with this being my first time being able to come and just watch everything too, I was impressed from the time I walked in to the time I left. You know, so like I told you, I I avoided you after because I was like, I want to save all of this content, all of this talk <laughs> for the podcast. Because that's what I think. I'll I'll talk about everything. Then I'll get on the podcast. I'm like, wait. So now what do we talk about? Because I just feel like everything just came spilling out yesterday when we talked. Saw so you walk away. I just uh, assumed it was because I was a weird kid and you were canceling the podcast. Oh, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> definitely not that. I definitely needed you on here as well, too. So can you just tell us a little bit more about like your YouTube as well, too? Because when I look at your YouTube, all I see is like love in the comments. You know, like everyone's just like praising yeah, your work. It's real nice. Yeah, it's not I'm, a lot of, but I also don't put any very, very many like controversial or type things out there mm-hmm. either i mean i when siegfried and roy first had that attack you know a decade or whatever ago mm-hmm. uh, with the, yeah i put something out on there and then people were like oh not cool man boo <laughs> i did the same thing right after michael jackson died but th- those <laughs> those videos aren't on my youtube anymore i'm like nah, i don't want this kind of negativity out there yeah. but yeah most of my uh subscribers and viewers are very very kind people yeah so how is it that you learn to turn your filter on and off in the comedy world because when you when mm. when i look at comedians um like that i watch like let's say bernie mag red fox eddie murphy they were like raw like you know they're especially content. red fox yeah, and, and tv viewers did not exa- realize yeah that. yeah and they'd go see him live and they're like what the heck? just happened yeah <laughs> just some of the stuff that they would say and do as well too yeah, <laughs> yeah like it, it's, it's crazy like how do you decide when to turn the filter on and off uh as far as blue material mm-hmm. like with yes with the material it's just i don't know it's kind of like any other social situation you know you can tell a dirty joke to a friend when you're sitting at a bar but you probably wouldn't do that across the table at thanksgiving with your grandma sitting right yeah. there it's just you know it's circumstantial i suppose because when i think of people who can get away with speaking about like a lot of circumstances and situations it's comedians you know because like when you're a comedian you have to find like the bright side of a lot of things mm-hmm. and find the funny and things you know so it's like they can get away with speaking on a lot of things and because they do that they can introduce a lot of pretty dark topics mm-hmm. and pretty screwed up stuff from pretty screwed up places yeah and and give a new interesting or funny spin on it i I think stand-up comedy is probably like the last remaining 
actual free speech yeah. outlet, you know, because even YouTube get demonetized left and right if the advertisers don't like what you have. Oh, really? So that, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I used to, I used to do quite well on my on my YouTube, uh, just for the ad revenue was paying my bills. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but then adpocalypse happened. <laughs> Did you hear about this? No, they, I didn't. They changed all the advertising algorithms and. A lot of really huge channels like totally went down the drain. Yeah, and uh, and at that point, I'm like, well, this was fun, but um, I don't know if I'm, if there's nothing monetarily happening because of this, I'm not going to put as much effort into it. So mm -hmm. I just kind of stepped away, walked away from the YouTube, and focused on doing live shows instead. Yeah, sir. Now, do you do you miss YouTube a little bit? Because I that brings like it's a, fun. Yeah. I mean, I do like editing videos and and things like that, but. I don't miss all the time that I put into it. <laughs> yeah. It, it just become a hassle, huh? Hmm. Oh, wow. And that's what I'm actually looking forward to is like being able to take off on YouTube. So maybe you can give me a little bit of skill set and advice for that. I've got nothing. Nothing? No. <laughs> it, does it just come, you know, because like, I'm pretty sure you have to work hard for it as well, too. But I'm pretty sure there's a point where you just woke up and it, it was there, right? Like the Yeah, it was, it was kind of like that. Like one or two of the videos had gone viral somehow. And I w looked at my, like, the, I just what got deposited to my account yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah are you a big social media guy not really i no. screw around on facebook start arguments about religion and stuff there but i don't i use it for advertising I'm yeah not, so do people go into it like when you start like arguments about religion and stuff like that do people go into it with the mindset of but, uh, oh yeah, okay I, I see i thought you were serious i was gonna say do people go into it knowing that you're a comedian and you're gonna try to make light and bring out laughs yeah, I don't, I don't know. Usually I'm just drunk and like scrolling and like, well, here's another thing I don't like about your religion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm a yeah Cause I see, I see like your Facebook too. And I, there's just so much funny stuff on there as well too. Like the screenshot you posted of our conversation too. I saw, Hey, I got a couple laughs on there as well too. When they were oh, like right. something about line for line, you was like, well, it is called line for line. So they're going to be doing something. Yeah. That, was, that was like so funny, bro. Like seriously. Yeah, the Coke reference, I think. Is yeah, yeah, exactly. So they're like, what type of lines are there going to be? I'm like, there's none of that here. Line for line. Don't do coke, kids. Yeah. <laughs> line for line, question back and forth. <laughs> but what people really at home really want, they want to see a magic trick on the podcast. Do you think there's anything like that you can do for us? Um, Yeah. Yay. No, you're going to do the race? Oh, no, open. Ah. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, what kind of trick do you want? whatever you have for me my friend how about a handcuff escape okay what yeah okay. yeah these are my handcuffs they don't let me use the real handcuffs anymore so these are the safe ones they're all tangled i have to edit this out <laughs> there we go rubber bands um are my hands in frame yeah. cool so the way they become handcuffs is you put one behind the other like that and then you stretch them out like so, and then you're stuck together, and you can't hurt yourself at the same time, right? Yeah. But if you go right in the center, if you want to escape, watch the bands resting against each other. How did you do that? Is that not trippy as What the heck? <laughs> Here, I'll do it for you again, and uh, I'll give you the, I'll give you the backstage. The backstage view. There you go. Yeah. All right. So one behind the other. Can't come through the middle or over the ends, but right in the center.
liar. <laughs> what the heck? What the heck? <laughs> but I said I promised I'd teach you one, so I'll teach you this. Okay. You, I don't know if you, they're regular rubber bands, but if you feel on them, uh, every rubber band's got a little bump on it. When you find the bump, it's like, okay, right here. Can you feel that right there? Yeah. Okay. So what you can do is when you find that spot, you can actually snap it apart right there, but you can't leave it like that because they'll see it. So you got to touch. Do not put that back together. Take the ends, touch them back together. And then. Oh my God, dude. What the heck? What? Magic show. What? (laughs) I have too much spare time. When you did the trick with a pencil and a $20 bill, <laughs> that, that was another moment right there when I was like, oh, my gosh, how did he do that? But like, I was just so nervous. Like People would look at me like, get this guy out of here. Like, <laughs> seriously. What like, part of the room were you sitting? I was sitting right over here to the right. Okay. And, my you, table you, and you could see things? I could see okay, things. Okay. Nothing was too small. Or nothing was, okay. so like I told you, when, when I could have swore I saw you pouring liquid into the sack. Mm-hmm. So that's how I was just like so confused and just baffled. Like, <laughs> I, I think I'm going to be a magician now. Like, I'm giving up podcasting. I want to be Do a magician it. now. I'll take over your podcast. You can take <laughs> over my show. Gotcha. I think they'll boo me out of the state. That'll be my name. My name will be Boo. That's like, a really <laughs> good idea. The great Boudini. <laughs> you might be onto something. Oh, you just intentionally God. suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So bad. So like, how, like when you did the trick as well, too. When you had them tie you up as well too, and you got out of that, mm. and you wrapped it around the mic too, <laughs> there's just like I just have like so many questions. Though I feel like the kid in the candy store. When I got rope for magic. Last night from that. Oh my! I thought it was gonna be just so so simple. You got rope bone from it too. <laughs> yeah, those guys were vicious. It did look like they were like winding it pretty tight because you you kept telling them you said make sure you pull really really tight and i i don't make good decisions sometimes <laughs> i was literally scared for you as well too like oh my gosh he's gonna lose his hands there's like so his many hand is just gonna fall off <laughs> <laughs> there's like so many jokes too yesterday um that netflix one i was like i want to try that somewhere like i want to <laughs> i want to try that in a room full of people and see how they perceive that it'd, it'd, it'd be good that was just so creative like can you just help us understand like the process of like how you sit and come up with this stuff I wish I had a process because then I could just apply it daily, but it's just kind of like sitting there taking a shit or something like, Oh, I have an idea. And then you take the idea and then you try to put together the, like the magic part of it and make that work from a tech end of things and then try that out and tweak that and get that just right. And then that's like the bare bones mm-hmm. of the effect. And then on top of that, you got to put the, the muscle and the skin and the hair and the, the, the accessories. And that's the, the comedy, the audience interaction, the smart comments, the music, the choreography, the blocking, and uh, hopefully tie it all together and make it a, a functional piece that consistently works, whether I'm at a comedy club or a biker bar or, mm-hmm. or a corporate event. Yeah. Now, on your rise to get to where you are now, I'm pretty sure there was like some struggle there. Rise. <laughs> <laughs> you're, pretty, you're pretty big. You know Just that. Just kind of meandering around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, lots of struggle. Lots of years, man. I'm uh, mid-30s now. I did my first show when I was 12. And I'm just now realizing who I am and liking who I am and fe- feeling comfortable in my skin on mm-hmm. stage. And uh, I've got a, a product, you know, my show that's consistent. You know, it, it'll it play at a corporate event for Ford or it'll play at a, a biker bar in Waterloo, Iowa mm-hmm. without too much tweaking. I mean, obviously, there's language differences. I'm not going to say beep. At, yeah. at, at that corporate event and offend the CEO. But the basic structure of the, most of the shows that I do are it's per, 
pretty much the same. And it, um, it's, it's really kind of crazy. And I, I think that's why I'm so hard on myself about not putting too much new stuff in too often. Because mm-hmm. like, I found something that just works, you know? So, so why fix it if it ain't broken? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also I have all these strict guidelines, you know, it has to be able to pack small prop wise. I mean, you saw my, my show aside, aside from the sound and lights Mm -hmm. all fits into a bag about the size of a shoebox. Yeah. Then I use real items, you know, a beer bottle, razor blades, a deck of cards instead of the big sparkly magic props. So, so it's got to be able to play in different varieties of venues and for different varieties of crowds. It's got to be able to play for a small crowd or a big crowd. It's got to mm-hmm. pack small and fit. It's got to be a regular object. I'm not going to use sparkly magic wands and, and things like that. So there's a there's a lot of hoops that a routine has to jump through to actually make it into my show. Yeah. What was your question? I don't know where the hell that <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm just thankful for getting all this content. Like, but I do have <laughs> another question. I was thinking about that. Like, how how much did the um did, did COVID the the pandemic? How did that? How much did that slow you down? Killed it. Completely yeah. killed it. Yeah. I was uh, looking at uh, having my best year ever in 2020. Oh, really? And then things started to close down. And um, actually, it started earlier for people like me because I had a lot of corporate events booked and they saw this stuff coming down the pike and they started canceling their events before everybody else decided to shut down the bars and restaurants and live entertainment events. So I was seeing it happening way earlier than the general public was. And thankfully, I had some some money in my savings, so I could go a couple of months uh, not being too too, te- too too totally terrified yeah. where the next meal is going to come from. Eventually, I just got bored, mm-hmm. and I got a job oh, working, wow. working for a friend of mine right across the street from my apartment. He's no got way. A, a powder coating and a wheel repair shop, so I'm getting to learn all these cool things, and that's my vibe anyway. I like building stuff and getting dirty yeah I, I was just about to say i can see that a comedian being good a comedian magician being good with his hands and being able to do stuff like that as well too you know? well especially the magician thing yeah because i mean i don't like i alluded to earlier i don't buy props off the shelf from a magic shop mm-hmm. i'm not i don't want to use what everybody else is using because so many magic shows are cookie cutter you know yeah. seen one seen them all and they're all doing it the same thing in the same way and that's mm-hmm. because they all bought the crap at a magic shop and they just read the instructions and are just doing it i i don't know how anybody can feel good about themselves as a performer doing yeah. that and they have the balls to call it art this isn't art buddy yeah you're just, you're just doing a magic trick that you bought <laughs> off the shelf no I'd, I'd rather do something that i wrote i built or i invented the, the magic um technique end of it yeah. And it just feels better. So, yeah, I've got a pretty pretty uh, comprehensive uh, uh, workshop at home from you know, like small electronic things to uh, you know power saws and, and things. So I can build pretty much whatever I need for yeah. uh, for my show. Also, the clicker from yesterday too. What uh, that's another question I'm gonna ask you too. But yesterday when you did the whistle, mm-hmm. the whistle part, the squeaker. Yeah, and I was like. That's when I, when I got home, I was like, oh, maybe I should have talked to him because I know she said you were giving those out at the end of the show. I was like, I should have got one because I would love to mess with my daughter with that too because, I, as I told you, I think I'm very funny and it's starting to rub off on my daughter as well too. So <laughs> she'll pick up on all the little cool things that I do as well too. How old is your She's four. Okay. Yes. So you don't want to teach her this, but you can use it to mess with her. Oh, exa- yeah, exactly. Exactly. She she won't have the temperament to sit and learn that. Well, I wouldn't want her to choke on it. Either. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Oh yeah, I greatly appreciate you that. Go, Brent. 
I'm just gonna show the people at home what we got, you know. So Elena, just be ready to get messed with with this, you know. <laughs> like when the when you were doing well, showing the what the label says is kind of a giveaway about how the gag works. But. Oh no, I'm gonna have to edit that part out. Now, you know? so, yeah, yeah just put big black boxes over me handing it. Yeah. <laughs> I might have to put your Twitter logo. Looks or like an like adults only well, uh, product or something. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But yeah, you definitely killed it with that as well too. Like, have I, mean, you ever... I got I got a video on my YouTube's uh, that shows that and how to use it safely. There's instructions in the package too. Oh but... yeah, I'm a huge instructions reader, especially doing what I do. Mm -hmm. And YouTube helps me out a lot as well too. Like I use YouTube to look up everything. Like um, how I got so good with my editing as well too is just sitting in front of YouTube, you know, watching how to do it. Because if you go to YouTube, you can find how to do anything, you know? Yeah. Just about anything you can learn how to do on YouTube. I haven't taken my minivan to a mechanic for years. Oh, my God, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, let's, let's dive in and try to figure this out. If the minivan explodes, it's an old Dodge minivan. Who cares, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Might yeah. as well learn something about it. That's crazy. I think. Yep. Yeah, that's crazy. Have you ever, like, had to look up on YouTube on how to do any of the things you do now? Like any of the tricks or anything like that? Have you ever seen not, no, not the, no. I was, I had a pretty fortunate um, uh, um, um, young years learning. I was a, an avid book reader. Mm -hmm. And when I was uh, just in my early teens, I met this uh, old guy who just randomly saw an article about me in a newspaper in Northeast Iowa. He wrote to me and said, hey, I've been doing magic for like 60 years don't plan on doing it much longer anymore if you yeah. get a chance come down to my place i'll show you what you what i got and if you need anything you know you can have it mm -hmm. and met up with him he takes me down to his basement and it looks like a wizard's den it's like every conceivable prop you could imagine yeah every conceivable book that i've ever wanted to buy but was too poor as a kid to get because <laughs> industry specific magic texts are not cheap oh really i just bought a paperback and it cost 95 dollars. oh my god yeah <laughs> it's like that thick. that's an arm and a leg right there <laughs> not covid allergies yeah. well. <laughs> um but anyway he got to we got to know each other a little bit and this guy neil was his name uh just eventually said it's yours you know every time you visit take home a carload yeah mm -hmm. oh wow yeah so i got a massive head start on my education in magic. Yeah. That uh, I was very, very lucky. Now, growing up, did you have anyone that was like a comedian or a magician in your family or in your no, no. inner circle? No, just a just blue collar family. Yeah. yeah. So you woke up one day like around the, eight or the nine? The first person I met in showbiz was me. Really? <laughs> and I just said, okay, okay, yeah. I like that. So you just woke up one day and was like, I'm going to try my hand at comedian and magic? Yeah, not the comedian thing, just the magic thing. Um, and th that was just a, an obsession, a hobby, and um, figure why not make some cash on it and start doing little parties and things. And, yeah. And I thought I wanted to be like eventually the next David Copperfield, you know. Like I was all about, ooh, I, I want all of the props and sparkly boxes. But then I got sick of hauling that crap around. I, I mean, at one point in my show, I would take somebody out of the audience and levitate them, and I would cut somebody else in half and put a, my head in the box, and it would explode apart, and you could see through it to the wall behind me. And my oh my god, gone. you were that great with it too? Yeah, but it's not. It, that's not about being great or talented. That's just stuff, right? And I figured. I could save so much wear and tear on my joints by not hauling all that crap in. Yeah. And it comes back to when I, that was about when I started figuring out that people like to laugh and have a good time. It's about the interpersonal connection and, and, and things like that more than just going, 
wow, he did another trick. So I dropped all the proppy stuff and started selling it off and giving it to friends and just went with a very minimalistic approach to 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 the props. Yes, sir. At the same time, I was starting to put the put the comedy in. Yeah. Now, as we get ready to close out from this fantastic episode, Let's close out. We're the, just getting started. I the, got like twelve more beers in my bag down here. Oh my god. <laughs> where would you say is like your go to area where you're you're like more popular? You would say Midwest, probably Wisconsin, actually. I've had so much fun in Wisconsin. Yeah. And I think it's because y'all drink on my level. Yeah. <laughs> Wisconsin. Is it, I, I believe 52nd Street here in Kenosha was like in the Guinness Book of World Record for the most bars on one street or really? some, something crazy like that. Yeah. For like the most bars on one strip or something like that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause there I are, have to visit that. It's like a, that's a mecca for a guy like me. Yeah, oh my God. Yeah. Because <laughs> there, there's just a lot of bars there as well, too. So yeah, definitely. But I do want to say thank you for having me at the show last night once again as well. Oh. Thank you for coming on the podcast as well, too. And I definitely hope we get to stay in touch, you know. I think we can do that. Yes, sir. Thank you very much for coming to my point, sir. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Look, the biggest podcast where you can learn them lessons. Line for line where you can learn from different sections. Made it out the mud, come tell your story, blessings. Never know who listening, never know who's stressing. Devon gave you a voice, come speak your honest truth. Line for line, go ball for ball. It's up to you. Wanna talk sports, gov, and politics? Wanna talk about where you from and your accomplishments? The line for line is really where you need to be. A platform that's really made for folks like you and me. You can find it all no matter what you seek. Whether you calling or you listening, tune in every week. Line for line. Oh yeah, I'm going line for line. Line for line. Call in and say what's on your mind.